Hey everybody, this is Pastor James. It is once again time for our midweek Bible study and today we will be starting chapter 8 as we continue to move on in the book of Proverbs. And today's chapter perfectly continues on in this quest that Solomon has uh, began eight chapters ago basically to help his sons be willing to listen to his teachings and that they would desire wisdom more than anything else in this world. So let's see what chapter 8 says. Read with me. We're going to do verses 1 through 11 to begin with. We'll talk about it, and then we'll move on. Listen as wisdom calls out. Hear as understanding raises her voice. On the hilltop along the road, she takes her stand at the crossroads. By the city gates at the entrance to the town, on the road leading in, she cries aloud. I call to you, to all of you. I raise my voice to all people. You simple people, use good judgment. You foolish people, show some understanding. Listen to me, for I have important things to tell you. Everything I say is right, for I speak the truth and detest every kind of deception. My advice is wholesome. There is nothing devious or crooked in it. My words are plain to anyone with understanding, clear to those with knowledge. Choose my instruction rather than silver, and knowledge rather than pure gold. For wisdom is far more valuable than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with it. Alright, as a pastor, I think it's pretty fair for me to say that this passage can basically preach. I mean, when you look at this, I feel like I could probably spend an entire month uh, and probably do at least four to five sermons uh, from these 11 verses because they are so incredibly good. Um, and it's just one of those things that as you, if you believe in God and you read these 11 verses, man, it just cries out to you. Um, there's something that draws you into this that we really need to be paying attention to. So let me remind you, as we uh, talk about these 11 verses, that, that 1 through 6 are basically um, saying the same thing um, that Solomon said in chapter 1. And I, I want to take you back to this. So I'm going to read Proverbs chapter 1 to you. I'm going to read verses 20 through 23. It says, Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street to those gathered in front of the city gate. How long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mock mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. So, I think it's pretty fair to say like, this is not the first time that Solomon has talked about wisdom almost being this living and breathing thing. You know, um... It is something that calls to us. <clears throat> it pursues us. And uh, she, because Solomon always refers to wisdom as a, as a female entity, she is available to anyone who would accept her. Even the simple can have wisdom of God if they will simply open their hearts and minds to what the Lord has for us to receive. You know, that's the thing about it. He, he keeps calling you simple-minded people, those who lack understanding, those who are foolish. If you will just open up and pursue wisdom and desire wisdom that it's available to even the simple-minded. And wisdom is calling. She's on the hilltop. She's on the road. She's at the crossroads. She's by the city gates. She's in the town. She's everywhere. And she's visible. Um, 
I think that's really important for us to understand that basically she is present everywhere. She is visible. She is accessible to anyone who would have her. But we have to pay her attention and listen to her and accept her and welcome her into our lives. And it seems that Solomon's sons just don't like to listen. I mean, he's we're in chapter 8 and constantly Solomon's just like, listen, 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 listen to me, listen to my teachings, listen to wisdom. And the Lord is communicating through Solomon all of these things, and especially that anyone who uh, who is willing to listen can have wisdom. And anyone who doesn't listen and, re- and doesn't receive her is foolish. They're lacking good judgment and understanding. And so we have to just take note like, and consider ourselves, as you're listening to this today, that if you believe in God, if you trust in God, to ignore wisdom and not desire it, not pursue it, not ask the Lord for it, we are foolish that we need to be to have the attitude of humbleness to ask Christ to give us wisdom and understanding in all the things in our life. So, um, the end of verse six kind of leads into the rest of this passage in verse eleven. And Solomon writes that it, as if wisdom is is writing this herself. So it's almost like wisdom is writing this in first person. But you know we know it's Solomon. But here's what wisdom says. Everything I say is right, for I speak the truth and detest every kind of deception. My advice is wholesome. There is nothing devious or crooked in it. My words are plain and clear. Don't be foolish. Only a fool would think that they can cheat and scheme to get ahead in life and to flourish in deception. But wisdom keeps us from all of that, and it warns us of all that. And so it might not even be something today that you're planning. You may not be planning deception and mischief in your heart, but there are people out there who are planning deceptions. They're looking for opportunities to take advantage and to devour other people, and wisdom can help protect you from that, from those people. It keeps you from taking advantage of others, and it keeps you from being the one that is taken advantage of. And if you have the chance to choose between wisdom or silver and gold, um, I think Scripture is pretty clear that you should choose wisdom. And you ask yourself, why? Because wisdom is far more valuable than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with it. Solomon says that many times. We've read that over the past eight chapters now. And you got to remember this. When Solomon, when God asked Solomon in a dream, when he took over as king, he came to Solomon in a dream and says, What do you want? Anything you ask for, I will give it to you. And instead of riches and fame or the death of his enemies or a long life, Solomon chose to ask for wisdom, and God was pleased with that. And God gave him wisdom, but God also gave him everything else that he didn't ask for because he asked for the right thing. And when it comes to God, we have to remind ourselves in this that if we put the right things in order, it doesn't 100% mean there is a guarantee that the other things will fall into place. Now, I want to say that again. If you put everything in order and you serve God exactly how He's calling you to, it does not mean, it doesn't guarantee that everything else will fall into place, but it does create a great environment for the other things to fall in place. You know, when you look at Proverbs, all of these teachings that Solomon's given, you can follow all these teachings, and it doesn't mean that you'll have a long life 100% guaranteed or you'll have riches or wealth. But they're very good principles that can help lead into those other things. 
And so when you look at 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 21, it says that silver was considered worthless during the reign of Solomon because there was so much of it. When Solomon was king, because he asked for wisdom, silver and gold was more abundant to those people than it ever has been in the history of the world. Silver was considered worthless because there was so much of it available. God gave Solomon wisdom, and he gave him godly wisdom, and he provided the good soil and the good environment for riches and fame and a long life and all of those other things to come because he chose wisdom. And guys, we, we must choose wisdom. It's worth more than anything else in the world because it can help provide anything else in the world, but it can also lead us to life beyond this world. So wisdom can help acquire wealth. Wisdom can help acquire uh, fortune and fame and recognition and all those things. And you know, there's something inside of us that we all desire to, to be instrumental enough in this life to be remembered, to be recognized. We, we want to be uh, recognized for uh, something that we do. And you know, when you think about it, we most people pursue that but they pursue it in their own strength and through their own ways and a lot of times people will take shortcuts in order to to get there and a lot of times those shortcuts are not necessarily godly choices but if we choose wisdom wisdom can help facilitate all the other things that we want and god can help provide that and when you have the lord on your side you know it's much better to forsake things of the world and have God and gain eternal life than it is for us to just choose things of the world and then forsake eternal life, forsake our relationship with God. But if we choose God, if we choose eternal life, we can have both. We, we, we could possibly have both. We could have wealth and all those other things. I'm not saying God's necessarily going to give it to you, but there's still the possibility that that could happen. But if you only choose the things of this world and you don't choose God, you can't have both. But if you choose God, you could still have both if he chooses to bless you with both. And so we got to choose wisdom. It's more valuable than anything else in this world. And not only can it lead you to blessings and things in this world, but it can also lead you to eternal life and the blessings and rewards of of heaven and being with god the father okay well let's read verses 12 through 16 and we'll move on it says i wisdom live together with good judgment i know where to discover knowledge and discernment all who fear the lord will hate evil therefore i hate pride and arrogance corruption and perverse speech Common sense and success belong to me. Insight and strength are mine. Because of me, kings reign and rulers make just decrees. Rulers lead with my help and nobles make righteous judgments. All right. So these last five verses that we're covering today remind us that wisdom is still different from good judgment and knowledge and discernment and etc. And while they're all uh, related to one another... Solomon is writing as if, again, as if wisdom is writing this and says that I live with good judgment. I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. And so while they, are, uh, they aren't technically the same thing, anyone who has godly wisdom will also inevitably have access to judgment, good judgment, and knowledge and discernment because these things live together. They are accompanied with one another. 
And they, as they are found together, wisdom opens the door for so many other things to experience from God. And we talked about that from verses 1 to 11 right there at the end. Wisdom gives us the opportunity to experience a lot of amazing things and blessings from the Lord. Now in verse 13, wisdom changes her tune a little bit. She stops talking about what she has to offer and she begins to inform us of what she's not a fan of. Okay, She doesn't like these things. She hates evil, pride, arrogance, corruption, and perverse speech. So those five things are things that does not go hand in hand with wisdom. And this should be really eye-opening and scary for a lot of us because I don't know of many men who I have encountered who do not struggle in some way, shape, or form with pride and arrogance. I think that um, being a, a believer in Christ and just acknowledging who we are as individuals and kind of like some of the things that we're prone to as individuals, I think it's pretty fair to say that most men in some way, shape, or form struggle with pride and arrogance because we want to be effective. We want to be important. We want to uh, achieve success. And, and a lot of times, like you have, like in the world, you have to promote yourself in order to do that. And uh, so, you know, the world provides many ways for men to seek pride and arrogance, and a lot of men fall into that. And it's usually a lifelong struggle to make sure that we are continually being humble in our relationship with the Lord. So, in uh, moving on, perverse speech seems to be something that follows men around as well. And and I will say unsaved men, but I even know a lot of men who have claimed to be Christian over the years who for some reason just seem to have a hard time with their tongues, with uh, whether it be cussing and, and you know just saying things that they shouldn't say, inappropriate things. Um, making sexual references, sexual jokes, and, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, that that's just one thing that as you talk about perverse speech, there's a, there's a way that people of the world talk, and there's a way that people of God talk. And it's very evident. Like, you can't miss it. Um, I remember when I was in high school and I got saved, uh, one of the first things I really felt led to do was to stop cussing. And by no means have I like never cussed again since I've gotten saved, but I can pretty much say like for the most part I, I don't I don't cuss. Um, and so as I was playing baseball and football, um, especially on the football team, it was very noticeable that I had stopped cussing. And one of my really good friends, Robert Hampshire, who's uh, at a church in Sherall, um, and he's helping there. He, he, we were in the same grade, and, and he had been a Christian a lot longer than I have, but he didn't cuss. And I remember that it was kind of a game for the other guys on the team to try to get us to cuss. And they never did, which, is, which I'm really proud to say they never did. They never did get us to cuss. It was just kind of one of those things. Like They noticed it. It made a big deal. It was a big deal to them because they cussed, and they couldn't understand how... Uh, you just didn't cuss. And the truth was, it wasn't because of anything we did. The Lord worked and moved in our heart and gave us the ability to overcome that thing in our lives. And that was something that we, uh, <clears throat> you know, we were able to be a witness to Christ in that. And I think it's really important to say, you know, when you talk about perverse speech and the way that people talk, you know, that could include a lot of things. 
And there might be some of you listening to this today and say, well, I don't feel like I'm going to go to hell because I said this and this and this, or I have said this, or I made a joke about this. And it's like, no, you may not go to hell. Scripture says there are sins that lead to death and there are sins that don't. But they're still sins. And you have to remind yourself that everything that comes out of your mouth is a representation of Christ. And and it represents whether or not you truly know Him or whether or not you're, you're uh, of the world. And so the more that your speech sounds like the world, the more that you look like the world, the more that you probably are just of the world and you just don't want to admit that. So perverse speech is a big deal. It follows a lot of people around. It's really difficult to overcome because, man, most people have, have spent their entire lives just, boom, shooting off at the mouth a cuss word or a dirty joke or you know just whatever it may be. And that's really difficult to overcome. So perverse speech is hard. But wisdom hates perverse speech. Um, and so wisdom hates these things. And we have to be careful not to give in to these acts as they're very common in our society. You know, it's like you could you could not talk like, like, like the world. So you may not say as many cuss words or say, you know, as dirty of jokes as everyone else or be as perverted as other people. But it's still of the world, and it's very common in our society. So it's really easy for us to say, well, I don't sound exactly like them, or I'm not as bad as they are. Well, that's not the measurement upon which we should go by. Our measurement is the measurement of Christ. Do you think Christ sat around and cussed with his disciples? Do you think he sat around and told dirty jokes and talked about sexual things all the time? Do you think he um, just had a a rude, crude sense of... uh, uh, vocabulary in his life that he commonly used? Probably not, because that's not mentioned in Scripture anywhere. And I think the disciples were pretty open about all the things that Jesus said, because they were even open about all the times that they failed and Jesus got onto them whenever they uh, told other people about the Gospels and the Gospels were recorded. Uh, The disciples don't always look in high favor in those Gospels, but they're willing to be honest about that. And I think they would have been honest about what Christ was doing as well. So, in the midst of this, is in verse 13, wisdom is saying that she despises all these things. She hates pride, arrogance, evil, corruption, and perverse speech. We have to understand that evil is becoming more normal in our society. And wisdom hates evil. Corruption has always been normal among us in our society. Through business people and politicians and just the people in general. Corruption has always been there. And it's something that is usually hidden because it's it's hard to be openly corrupt. So most people don't just go around and say, yeah, I'm corrupt. I'll cheat you. Because it, it kind of has to be a secret in order for it to truly work. Um, so wisdom hates it, um, and she reveals corruption, and she can help us to avoid corruption and corrupt people and situations and circumstances. But, but wisdom's not a fan of these things. She fights against them. And in verse 14, she talks about what belongs to her. So she, she despises those five things. And then in verse 14, she identifies her property, uh, It's common sense, insight, and strength. They are hers. They belong to hers. So just thinking about who wants common sense. Well, any normal person would say, yes, I would like to have common sense. Who would like to have insight into things? Any normal person would say, yes. Who wants to be strong? Any normal person would say, yes, I want to be strong. Well, people can try to claim them. 
And some people may have moments of common sense and moments of insight and moments of strength. But for it to truly be a part of who we are, wisdom has to be a part of who we are. It has to be in our DNA as Christ has saved us and cleansed us and we are filled with the Holy Spirit and then he gives us wisdom. All of these things become part of who we are. So it's not that we have moments of strength or moments of insight or moments of common sense, but we have a life of strength. We have a life of insight, a life of common sense. It is part of who you are. It is a building block of your physical matter and your DNA and your mind and your heart and your soul and your spirit. And, and as we finish up this passage today, at the end of what we read just a second ago, she says that she is the reason that kings reign. She is the reason that rulers can be just, and without her help, they're lost. And this is why if you look at history, it's very, very rare for a ruler to maintain their authority over a nation or a group of people for a long period of time. That's really rare. And we we got to witness in our lifetime the second longest reigning monarch in the written history of the world. Queen Elizabeth II, who just passed away in September of 2022, reigned for over 70 years and 214 days. So she's the second longest reigning monarch that we know of in written history. And this was an incredible thing because usually the reign of individuals are very short because they let things get to their head and then people go around and they they, uh, they they are corrupt and they abuse their power and they do all these things and and then people that's under them eventually gets tired of it. And so you can look throughout history, Julius Caesar, Alexander the Great, I mean, their own people killed them because they didn't like the way that they were reigned. The people closest to them killed them. And so you have to be very careful in in these moments as you experience being put in power in a position of leadership because people think, oh, I've, I've made it here. I've achieved this. Look what I've done. And in reality, wisdom is the thing that puts you there whether you realize it or not. And wisdom is the thing that keeps you there. So without wisdom, you can't lead. You can't serve. You can't be who God has called you to be. So if you're sitting here today and you're like, man, I, I want to serve the Lord. I want to be great. I want to do great things. I want to I want to be a great leader. I want to lead people to Christ. I want to be a great boss. I want to, I want people to respect and, and look at me as you know someone important. Well, wisdom is the thing that truly brings that in your life. If you have wisdom, you can lead. If you have wisdom, you can serve. And according to Christ, those who serve are true leaders. For Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve others. And so if you want to be a true leader... Um, wisdom will help you to be a servant. Um, and wisdom can help you be all that God has called you to be. And so I just ask you today as we finish up, you know, what do you find yourself seeking most of the time? As we, uh, as we live throughout this life in physical form and, and we're constantly, the flesh is constantly battling the spirit, what do you find yourself seeking after? I hope wisdom is the thing that is speaking to you right now that the wisdom of God will be so needed in your life and you recognize the need for it that you will pursue it more than anything else because Solomon says it's more valuable than anything else in this world. Rubies, gold, silver, anything, wisdom is better. 
because if you're wise, it can help you achieve the things in this world, but it can also help you to have eternal life. Um, if you're not wise, you may achieve the things of this world, but you'll never have eternal life. So choose wisdom, seek wisdom, ask God for wisdom, and he will give it to you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you again for this beautiful day and for everything you bless us with. Thank you for this time we have together. I pray, God, that you will work and move in our hearts. Help us to see and understand who you are. Help us to pursue wisdom above all things because that's what you have called us to do. We love you today. We thank you and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in for another week. Thanks for being a part of the Graham Chapel family and a part of the kingdom of God. Tune in this weekend for our video services on Facebook, YouTube, and we will have those on podcast. Also, uh, if you uh, would love to come in person, we would love to see you in person at our services 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. We love you. We're praying for you. Hope you have a great week.